0: We thank you for that special music as we are approaching our national freedom and as we all are looking for freedom and there's much discussion about freedom. Did you hear what those words said? Real freedom, real freedom. It comes through Jesus Christ, our Lord, and nothing else. And I appreciate all those other freedoms, but that's real freedom. When we know the Lord, when we trust in the Lord, when we rest in the Lord. If you have your Bibles with you or if you want to look on the screen with me in Matthew, the 7th chapter, verses 7 through 12, it's that passage that talks about a number of things in these short verses. Asking and seeking and knocking. It talks about uh, parenthood taking care of children and how God takes care of us and what we are to do. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. Which of you? If your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though, see that you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who asked Him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. May God bless the reading and the hearing, understanding of His precious and holy word. What is a father to do in the day and age in which we live? Well, this this is Father's Day. Uh, There's been a lot of stats and surveys done about Father's Day, comparing it to Mother's Day, and we know that sometimes mothers get a little better building when it comes to gifts. Now, they've done some surveys, too, with men and women. What women buy and what men buy are two different things. Women buy smaller gifts. Men buy larger gifts. You see where I'm going? So, if you have not bought your father a gift yet, (laughs) it's not too late. A set of golf clubs, a new bass boat, or a brand new Ford truck. (laughs) Now hear amen to that. (laughs) So fathers, that's what y'all expected. Y'all like the big gifts, right? So there you go. Uh, If you haven't got them yet, and, and just do away with those cards. They say that's okay if you don't even give them a card this year or anything like that. Just give them the big gifts, and they would appreciate it. You know, we come today not as technically a religious holiday, but it's an important time, and it definitely has ties to the Scripture. It definitely has ties to our Christian faith. It definitely says something about uh, our formation as children and young adults, what we're doing in this world, and our society today, Fathers, dads, fatherhood, that whole piece is so important. And sometimes I feel like that we've relegated it uh, to something that is insignificant. And we've played up some other aspects of our families and our society to neglect of that. I think we recognize dads are important. While we know that fathers are needed, unfortunately, more fathers are missing, even if they're in the home, or many are not even in the home, to provide the nurture and care and love and grace that they need today. And I think it's a call for us as a society, and particularly as a church, for fathers to stand up tall and be the men God has called them to be. Fathers, you have a powerful impact upon your family. And I want to mention three basic things this morning that I think uh, as I understand this passage and I understand what the Scriptures say throughout that God is calling fathers to do. As we say, what am I to do today as a father? First of all, I think we need, as fathers, to connect with God. I know, I've been in church all my life, I've watched church life. I think if you add it up from one Sunday to the next across America, how many moms are here and how many dads are here, the moms have a tendency to outnumber. I've had many people sit in my office and tell me, how can I get my husband to church? Uh, What can we do to have him uh, to take a leading role in our family?" And so I've had those conversations, in that I think uh, we understand that how we view our fathers, listen to this piece, also has a tremendous impact on how we view our Heavenly Father. If we trust our Father here on earth, we have a tendency to trust our Heavenly Father more importantly. You know The way that a father treats his child speaks to the child. Uh, the discipline his child plays uh, is important in the formation of that child's understanding of God. If the father is overly critical, then it's easy for the child to see God as judgmental. If the father is neglectful, then we see that the child concludes maybe that God really doesn't care about me. If, on the other hand, we find our earthly father that is supportive and loving and caring and full of grace, then that child has a tendency to grow up and see God in that same light. How is the father's role important in the world in which we live? I think it's vitally important. While it's obvious that God created Adam and Eve, we don't readily consider the fact that there were differences uh, between the male and the female, uh, that the roles they played then and the roles that they play now. Sometimes, again, we have relegated the role of nurture and care of the children to the mother. We understand that. That's natural for it to go that way. But we've missed something vitally important, haven't we? If we don't see the role of the father of the male in the home today. It's very possible for us uh, to see ourselves as less important. So I think if we really want our child to know God, then we have to know God. And we have to present God in the home as something that is very important and valuable if we want them to grow in that relationship. Secondly, we see that the role of the father is to connect to the family. I think all of us can affirm this morning that fathers are called upon to be nurturers. We hear so much negative stories about fathers in society today that sometimes we forget that there are very uh, important, positive things that are happening. One of the positive things, it seems to me, is that society is rethinking this whole role of what father should be. Society and the church, to a lesser degree, is saying, it is not enough dads just to be the breadwinner. And that's important. It's important that we provide for our family in a financial way and that they don't have to go without. But there's more to it than that. You need to help with nurturing of those children in the family. This is not always easy because historically we've not done this. There's an interesting story that appeared in NBC Today show about a program in the YMCA in California. Fathers were placed in a playroom with their children. The mothers were on a one side mirror on the other side watching what was going on. The one rule is that if the child starts crying, the father cannot take the child to the mother you ever done that guys well <laughs> we do pretty good to them kids start crying and we get rid of them real quick don't we well they couldn't do that that was one of the rules if the child is given to the mother when it is crying so the theory goes that sends the signal that the one who gives the comfort and love in the family is the mother the mother No one would deny that mothers are special in the process of the family unit. In the story that we find in Jesus' birth of Mary and Joseph, we have highly elevated Mary, haven't we? We rarely say much about Joseph. We give him a little bit of uh, ump because he hung with Mary. And there's a lot that we don't have in the scriptures about what happened. But when Jesus was there, Joseph was there at the birth. When Jesus suddenly disappeared in Jerusalem at the age of 12, both parents frantically looked for him. Joseph was certainly no detached father. At special religious ceremonies, we find that Joseph, uh, he was there present and helping And we see that um, there was some special occasions only that was uh, relegated to father and son and Joseph took Jesus. It isn't by accident that Joseph was a carpenter. Listen to this. And by trade, Jesus was what? A carpenter. We have a tendency to not only hear, but to observe what our fathers are doing. Whether it's consciously, unconsciously, subconsciously, whatever, we have a tendency to follow in their footsteps. I don't know about you, but that's pretty scary to me. (laughs) Because I think all of us would confess up front, there's some things we probably are doing or not doing that needs some changing to take place in our life. Even Jesus was greatly influenced by his father. Twenty years ago they did a survey that showed uh, over some 30 year span the percentage of children living apart from their biological fathers that they would more than double from 17 to 36 percent. It estimated by um, another 20 years that 50 percent of all children living in America will be living in a home without a father. Well, it's not been quite that bad, it's only 40 percent. But that's still not good news, is it? you don't believe fathers is important, just listen to some of these stats. Blew me away when I read these. Sixty-three percent of youth suicides are from fatherless homes. Ninety percent of all homeless and runaway children are from fatherless homes. Eighty-five percent of all children that exhibit behavioral disorders come from fatherless homes. Eighty percent of rapists motivated with displaced anger come from fatherless homes. Seventy-five percent of all adolescent patients in the chemical abuse centers come from fatherless homes. Seventy percent of juveniles and state-operated institutions come from fatherless homes. Eighty-five percent of all our youth sitting in prisons grew up in fatherless homes, do you think it's important to have a father in a home? I think it speaks for itself. Now, I don't want to be Pollyanna about this. Not every man who is in a home is God's gift to fatherhood. And just because you're in a home doesn't necessarily mean you're doing what you need to be doing as a father. We all know that. But isn't it high time... That our fathers across America and the world stood up and started being responsible fathers, showing the Christian faith to those in which they're able to birth. I think it is. Thirdly, I say the father, it's important that they connect to the church. There are so many ways that a man can be connected to the church. And I won't try to mention all those. Both inside the church and outside the church, I think it's important that our family sees that the church really does matter. As one man said to me some years ago, I don't come to church, and I don't have anything against church. It's probably a really good place. I'm just probably not going to go myself. Huh. Not very important, is it? or else you would be there. I think it says that the goodness of the Father can be passed down for generations to come. Our sin can affect those who follow after us many, many years to come. And if we're not really careful about that, then we see that we influence them and how they feel about the church. Whether we realize it or not, we are touching their lives in a powerful way. In Matthew 7, 11, Jesus speaks the following words. If you then, who are evil, can give good gifts to your children, now stop right there, what does it say? So what does it say? It says parents are evil. <laughs> that's not very flattering. and That's quite truthful, maybe blunt. But we know that we are not perfect and yet we know we make mistakes and we make misjudgments and yet we find still there are great possibilities for us to impact in a positive way the families that we're part of. Even in the midst of our wrongdoings and our sins, we still have an opportunity to tremendously impact our families. See, it's a basic theological component of Christianity. It says that none of us are going to parent perfectly. Let's get that straight. Start with We know that's not going to happen. But don't despair. Though we sometimes fail, we can give good gifts to our children as the Scriptures talks about it. It's talking about grace, you see. Even though we are sinners, good things can still come from us. We make mistakes, but we can also get it right. And if we have enough grace within us, we can still do right for our children. The book of Exodus says that the sins of our fathers will affect the sons of the third and fourth generations. That's pretty scary, isn't it? Certainly there is truth in that. The atrocious farming techniques of the 1920s created the dust bowls of the 1930s. I see fathers who do not bother to come to church and give any religious instruction at all, and I wonder just how many generations is that going to affect? That son may very well, probably will, act as the dad did, and not put the church as a priority. As I said last week, we're really fighting against the grain today in our world. We have a lot of things calling for our attention and our time and our energy. And if you want to invest somewhere else outside the church, there's plenty of places to do that. But that is a tremendous moral and spiritual failure on the part of us as fathers if we do that. For we have this one little opening, one little time and space to be able to affect change and influence the lives of our children and grandchildren and those that we're involved in. I wonder what we'll do with that. Is there anything more precious in this world than our children? It's our great responsibility as Christian families to keep them in the circle of love and God's love, to keep them in the family, to keep them from all harm. Whether we realize it or not, we are launching our children and our youth into a world before we launch them into the high school and college life On their own. We had better sure make uh, known that they are ready, that they have roots and wings and faith they need in living in these days. We know that they're up against it by the time they get to high school and by the time they get to college. You don't have your finger on them all the time. Some parents do have their kids knowing where they are at all times because of these cell phones now. I'd have thrown mine away when I was in college. I wouldn't want my mom and dad to know where I was all the time. Not that i was doing all that wrong. I just wouldn't want to know what I was doing. But We can't keep up with them when they get out of our house. We don't know who they're hanging out with all the time. We don't know whether they're going to class. We don't know whether they're getting any spiritual nourishment or not we'd better do all we can while they're there under our purview to influence, to touch, to bless them. Let me say to parents and grandparents and older brothers and sisters and teachers, and indeed all of us, with all the feeling in my heart that you can give your children the latest computer, the -the state-of-the-art cell phone, and the finest automobile out there. But without question, if you don't give them the gift of Jesus Christ, you've missed it all. We can give them a lot of physical gifts. We're more opulent and affluent than we've ever been in the history of our country. We have more money than we've ever had. We can give financial gifts like never before. But if we don't realize there's other gifts, as it talks about gifts in the Scripture, the gift of love and nurture and support and encouragement, Then all of that other stuff just doesn't count. I know kids and grandkids that have tremendous chemical dependence today because they never had any spiritual nourishment in their lives. They had everything you could ever imagine in terms of financial and physical. But you know what? That didn't fill that void that God fills, did it? And if we miss this one time that God gives us to touch and bless and influence our children, to nurture them and care for them in a marvelous way, we've missed the greatest opportunity of all. And Dad simply put, if you don't set the example... We can't expect very much out of our children, can we? Somebody said, Did I come here on Father's Day to hear that? But it's the truth. And it's time we, as fathers and dads, walked up to the plate. And got into the game and had a tremendous impact in the life of their children. Oh, we can find all kind of excuses for not doing what we should be doing. There are a few reasons and a whole lot of excuses. Most things I hear, although folks think they're reasons, they're excuses. If we really want to impact our children, then we'll do what it takes. Get our children completely involved in the life of the church. Show them how important your faith is. Help them discover the power and light of their Christian faith. I know situations where family did everything right. They went their way and they got lost. This happens sometimes. But I'd say, in that 90 percentile, that if we teach, instruct, train, model, witness, nurture, show love to our children, they'll end up in the right place. Sometimes it takes them a while to loop around. <laughs> but they usually come back home again to their upbringings. Please do not neglect that. God bless those fathers who are doing such a tremendous and great job with their children. Those fathers who have not just shown duty, but also have shown love. If you want to touch the future beyond your own life, the best way to do it is to be a loving parent. Do you want a legacy? I'm not talking about a financial legacy. I'm talking about a spiritual legacy. Do you want a spiritual legacy? You can do that day by day and event by event to be connected to God, to be connected to your church, to be connected to your family. All of those things are what we should be about doing as fathers. Amen and amen. May God bless you on this day that you've come and I hope uh, that you have a wonderful day. Uh, If your father is still alive, please let him know uh, that you appreciate him. Uh, Not because he's been perfect but because he's been your dad and he's done some really wonderful things. Develop that relationship. Cultivate that relationship. Do all you can. You know, sometimes it might mean as fathers that we step out and lead the way. We can't expect our children to always lead the way in cultivating, developing those relationships. Be that model. God will bless you for it. And I hope you have a great day. Would you please stand with me as we have a closing prayer together? Again, we're delighted uh, for all the visitors here, delighted all the families that's come in support of these two being dedicated. And we hope the Lord blesses you and keeps you in the very palm of his hand. What is a father to do? Is a great question to ask ourselves on this day. Would you pray with me? Our Heavenly Father, you certainly have shown love and grace and mercy to us each day that we encounter life. And we pray that as we know our fathers and how important they've been in our life that we who have an opportunity to be a father, grandfather, surrogate parent, that we do all we can to help to model and nurture and care for those that are precious in your sight. Lord, we know that we fail you often. We come up short of what we would have, but wipe our sins away as far as the east is from the west. Make us as white as snow, and we pray, oh Lord, that we'd do a better job of being family members in the coming week, in the coming year, that when we get to the end of the road, we'll have very few regrets, because we've done it on a regular and daily basis, what you've called us to do. We make this prayer in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen.